everyone. This is Michelle with Mishmash. How's everyone doing today? I hope good. Um, So today I wanted to start on my narcissistic abuse series. I say that somewhat excitedly (laughs) for something that's uh, actually pretty serious and pretty dark. Um, I've had so much experience with narcissistic abuse and I feel like the thing that or the reason why I really want to talk about it is because I think a lot of people have experience with it and don't even realize it. I think a lot of this abuse is normalized and I think it's also just very subtle. So coming from two, like these two big things that, you know, can cover up anything really, normalization and subtlety, you, you put that together and, you know, I, I feel like, um, it's just not as it's it's just really easy for it to happen and no one even know what the fuck is going on um and since i'm not a narcissist i don't really know if narcissists even know if they're doing it um if it's just like you can be one and not even know i'm not sure and i'm sure there's a range like i know there's a range and uh we'll get into it we'll get into a lot of stuff but the first thing I wanted to talk about today, um, which I think is one of the more important things, is signs that you have experienced narcissistic abuse. Um, like I said, it's really hard to kind of pinpoint or know because it's so subtle, but um, there are signs that you might have been through this. And if these ring bells if they connect you know any part of it just kind of like oh you know join me join me on this journey I'll talk about uh the signs of narcissism and what else do I have here the types of narcissists and um what I (laughs) well I have what abuse looks like but this is more geared towards parent-children relationship and uh, this first part would be more general so um, we'll, I guess we'll kind of get into more specifics and um, gaslighting of course we'll learn about that that actually might be the next thing I get into um, because that is just their weapon of choice <laughs> it's very popular with narcissists um, and you know non-narcissists alike actually is I feel like a lot of people do that and may not even realize that they're doing it. Um, So let's get started. So I have here a Healthline article that is about the 12 signs that you've experienced narcissistic abuse. And I've talked about this before. This has been like the start of... I say there's like a million starts to my uh, spiritual journey, but at least, you know, kind of opening my mind up to that things aren't quite what they seem and understanding my past a lot more and and really, I guess, starting my healing journey is more accurate. Um, When I learned, you know, (laughs) when I learned about what this abuse look like for me as a victim and I really really related to that and I think I have an episode on that um uh so you know again if any of these hit 
go on YouTube. There's a lot of psychologists and just a lot of people that speak on this and you will learn what it might look like for you because there's a lot of different signs and um, what that might mean for you. But uh, we'll stick to this article for now. (laughs) There's a lot of information out there, trust me. So anyway, this says narcissistic personality disorder is a complex mental health condition that typically involves low empathy, a grandiose or inflated sense of self, an extreme need for admiration and attention. So that's important to know if these are things you kind of see in somebody, um, you might want to be like, oh, uh, maybe there's something there. (laughs) Uh, But here are signs that you might have been abused. Uh, so it says here, the first one it says, it seems it seem so perfect at first. Narcissistic abuse tends to follow a clear pattern, though so this pattern might look a little different depending on the type of relationship. Um, so that's kind of what I was speaking of for this versus children versus parents um, or parents who are narcissistic. It will be different than like partners who are narcissistic, um, but... see so basically they're saying here that there's a love bombing phase where they seem really loving and kind and generous they make you feel special there's lots of compliments they're very affectionate gifts just wonderful Um, I definitely experienced that like whenever I think back to my relationship with my ex when we first got together it was like a fairy tale. It was a fucking fantasy. It's like all I remember thinking was like, oh, this is everything I thought love would be. You know, I fell for him so fast because all my, <laughs> and especially as a Pisces, you know, I have like these huge, grandiose ideals of love, and especially as someone who watched a lot of TVs and movies. But he was like there, he was meeting me at where these huge expectations were, and just doing all of these amazing things, it was just so sweet, it was amazing, so this is kind of like drawing you in, like, oh, this is a wonderful person, like, nothing could go wrong, how could anyone be wrong, and I, I will say before I get back into the article, there would be signs, you know, there would be things that were a little off and I'd be like, oh, that was weird, <laughs> you know, especially for someone who's so sweet. That's kind of one thing that I noted um, early in our relationship. He would be so, so amazing that something that was a little, you know, like he would say something or do something that was, you know, I guess maybe typical. I don't think it's actually typical male, but in my head it was like, oh, that's typical male, but you are so beyond that all of the other times so where's this coming from um you know only to now I realize it wasn't typical male and honestly that should be a sign anyway if someone's like at 100 all the time and then they go down to like 50 then you know that's weird (laughs) they're at least they're at least not giving you their actual selves um so red flag um so here in the article says this early stage might feel intense and overwhelming and you never stop to consider whether they might be too fantastic and that's just kind of what I'm trying to get at (laughs) um then slowly 
Um, other manipulative tactics begin to replace the gifts and declarations of love. That is very true. Um, it also says here, narcissistic parents might also offer love, adoration, praise, and financial support until you do something to displease them and lose their favor. I've definitely experienced that too. I think, you know, throughout this, I don't want to talk about my mom too much because I'm still very much in that healing journey. Um, and I'm still trying to wrap my head around a lot of stuff, but I went through it with my ex. So a lot of that I'll be able to speak on more, but uh, I will probably bring up my mom a bit too, because yes, <laughs> um, that's that's something I just kind of realized, uh, you know, more recently. I was like, that's not a normal thing where you have to work for love for your parent, and it you you have to do everything to stay in their good graces, and that's really what my relationship with her was, is me trying very, very hard to make her happy so I could, you know, have a mom, <laughs> you know, um, uh, she, she, she would offer love in it, you know, I think, I think we'll get into this more later, but it is very superficial, it isn't like, meaningful in any kind of way but it would be love it would be saying nice things occasionally and yes financial support I would get a lot of financial support and gifts from my mom only when we're good and um again I thought that was like a normal thing but I definitely have learned like if you love someone, you love someone, and you do for them no matter what. You know what I mean? There, and especially in a parent and child relationship where the love should be very unconditional. There shouldn't be that. Well, if you're you're good, you know, if you're good, then you get, you know, my love or things that you need. I will say that it, it might be different where you might not get like extra stuff you know you might not get that mcdonald's meal if you act up sure but what i'm speaking on is like actual love and things that you might need for real (laughs) you know whether mentally emotionally or physically um so yeah that's the first one the second one is people doubt the abuse took place this is a thing (laughs) And actually, I'll just read. <laughs> I'll read it. I'll just have so much to say about all of this. Okay. Um, it says narcissistic abuse is often subtle when it happens in public and might be so well disguised that others hear or see the same behaviors and fail to recognize them as abuse. Um, you might not even fully understand what's happening. You only know you feel confused, upset, or even guilty for your quote unquote mistakes. This is the thing that. Um, makes it difficult but also makes it hard to speak out on because people will look at that and be like that's not that's not abuse you know you'll get the oh honey treatment like oh you don't know that's just how people are that's just how moms are that's just how boyfriends are you know whatever but it's like and you can't really even put it into words where it's like no I know what you're saying, but it's not quite right. You know, it's off. It's different. It's so much more malicious. And you can't point to it because when what people see <laughs> is like, oh, that's no big deal. And you're like, no, but it has so much more meaning behind it. You know, like it's really hard to 
explain and people won't believe you. Um, They have an example here where it says a narcissistic parent might gently say, are you sure you want to eat dessert? Or they might turn a broken dish into a joke at your expense. Oh, you're so clumsy. You just can't help yourself, can you? They, they laugh with everyone in the room while patting your shoulder to make the insult seem well-intentioned. Um, yeah, things like that. It's just very, very subtle. And I feel like this is one of those things where it's like, if you know, you know. <laughs> like, I can't really add too much to it because every example will be like, oh, that's not a big deal. But it's like, no, it's a very big deal. Like, th- that was, it's big it's a bigger deal than it seems um hold on a sec so this doubt can be doubly harming not only does it dismantle your faith in your loved ones it can lead to it can lead you to wonder whether the abuse take place at all maybe you did read too much into their words and imagine that look on their face for sure um i feel like that's like the key thing about well one of the key things about narcissistic abuse is just if you feel if you feel like shit's fucked up but you don't know why um and you're you're wondering if maybe you're wrong then there probably was something there. I will say in more stable relationships, I don't have that. Not to that extent, at the very least. I, you know, I feel like people can miscommunicate all the time, but if it's happening all the time, that's a clue. And if it really, really bothers you, that's a clue. And if you feel like you can't talk to that person about it, that's a clue as well. Uh, So, next sign. They've started a smear campaign. (laughs) People with narcissistic traits often need to maintain their image of perfection in order to keep earning admiration from others. To do this, they may try to make you look bad. Um, Once you begin pointing out problems or questioning their behavior, they might lash out by by uh, openly directing their rage towards you with insults and threats involving others and criticizing you. This was such a big, big thing for me and my ex because we were together for four or five years. I can't remember, but, you know, many, many years. But we were broken up and together many many times and it got to the point where he obviously had talked a lot of shit about me um I actually had seen it I I've seen messages he sent to his friends I'm pretty sure I told this story of when I was in the hospital and his friend was making fun of me on the phone with me right there um he obviously talked a lot of shit about me and uh it made the relationship really, I mean, the relationship was really difficult, period, but that was just another part of it that was a little bit more difficult, more towards the end, where it was like he literally had to hide us all the time, (laughs) like, I remember one time he he didn't want to go into this store that his friend worked at, and I, I knew why he didn't want to go, but he didn't want to say that's why he didn't want to go in there, um, 
and I was trying to get like oh let's go let's go in there and he's like no 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 and he got like super mad about it um and he's like you can go in there yourself if you want but I'm not going in there I don't want to go in there like that was so such abnormal behavior for him to be like no I don't want to go into a store so I know it was because he knew his friend would see us together and he was busy talking shit and in hiding us you know that we the fact that we were together I don't think his family or friends know how long we actually were together <laughs> that is you you know it just got to a really awkward point where he talked so much shit where he would now look stupid for getting back with me and they would probably have to question how much of what he's saying is true if he keeps coming back to me you know um but yeah I definitely went through that so that was fun oh that was so fun so many memories so many memories the Thanksgivings where he'd kick me out of the house and be like yeah I'm gonna have a whole thing with uh family and friends but you you live here but you have to go home during this time come back the next day um so many times where he'd have Christmas with just his family and uh again nicks me out Oh gosh. Oh, the things that I've seen about what he said about me. I mean, and the thing is crazy. The thing that is so crazy is like, it wouldn't even be half truths or like true, but you know, I guess that's from his perspective or something. It would just be straight up lies. You know, a lot of the time, just straight up fucking lies. So you know, or blowing things to such a proportion that it is a lie, (laughs) but I have been called crazy a lot, uh, so, (sighs) yeah, that was a fun time, um, by telling your loved ones stories that twist the facts about your quote-unquote harmful or quote-unquote unstable behavior, the narcissist tries to discredit you even worse when you act react angrily who wouldn't uh they would use your response to back up their lies and that's exactly what would happen a lot you know he'd do some shit I would react to it and um he'd be like look she's fucking crazy look at what she's doing (laughs) like it's a normal response you anyway um so that's the next one and I'm not gonna read every single part of this I will hit all 12 signs obviously but I'm not gonna read all of it so be sure to check out Healthline for the full article um next sign is you will feel isolated when your loved ones won't listen to you you probably feel pretty alone this leaves you vulnerable to further manipulation the person abusing you may pull you back in with kindness even apolo- even apologies or by pretending the abuse never happened this tactic is known as hoovering. It often works better when you lack support. You're more likely to doubt your perceptions of abuse when you can't talk to anyone about it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, my best friend got tired of hearing me talk about my ex. Um, I didn't talk to my mom about anything. She, she did see a lot of stuff that I felt like she should have really been stepping in. I want to say more than she did, but she literally did nothing at all, so I felt like she should have been stepping in, you know, as my mom, but she didn't. I I didn't realize at the time why that was, but, um, yeah, 
this this was the routine you know it, it was part of the cycle so we'd fall out break up you know whatever and then he'd be really really I I I still have the text messages and I I could share them <laughs> but he would just be like I know I fucked up I know I messed up. I'm so sorry. I love you. You're perfect. You're wonderful. You're Linda Evangelista. You know, and I'd be like, okay, okay. How can I, how can I say no to this? Especially when he, this is the fucked up thing. He would be able to perfectly pinpoint the things he fucked up on and why I was upset. He absolutely knew. Um, So I you know, now I know that this was all very, very intentional, very planned, very manipulative on purpose because he absolutely knew exactly what to say and he knew exactly what he did wrong. And, um, he would tell me, he'd say how sorry he was. He would, you know, say such wonderful things about me, say how he's going to change, um, and all the steps he was going to take to change, you know, he did all of this. And then I would go back to him and, um, it would be wonderful for a minute, you know, it'd be really, really great for that period of time. It would actually be perfection. And this is like the abuse cycle that they call the honeymoon phase. And it would be wonderful. And I'd get flowers and lots of love and go places and do things. And, you know, it was really, really nice. But, you know, (laughs) when I say a fucking minute, it was a fucking minute. Like, it would be very short-lived before the next step in abuse, the abuse cycle, which is called walking on eggshells, eggshell period, uh, where you have to really try to, you're trying very hard to keep that honeymoon, honeymoon phase going, but you know that you say or do or breathe any wrong way, you know, it'll all fall apart. Um, so the next sign here is you freeze up. People respond to abuse and other trauma in different ways. You might attempt to confront the abusive person, fight, or escape the situation, flight. Um, however, they're saying here that there's a third option, of course, which is the freeze response, which usually happens when you feel helpless. It often involves dissociation, since emotionally distancing yourself from the abuse can help decrease its intensity, effectively numbing some of the pain and distress you experience. This is absolutely what I would do. (laughs) Um, There there was some fighting. uh, There was a lot of flight. But more than anything, and I learned this especially from my mom, actually, is because I couldn't fight or flight with her, I would just disassociate. Um, And this is something I still do. I mean, obviously not as much since I'm not in an abusive situation anymore, but you know, sometimes things can trigger it. Sometimes, you know, maybe my husband is annoyed or upset or whatever, and his tone is just the right way where I will just shut down and I'm like, I'm I'm done. And that's what I would always call it is shutting down. And that's where my brain will go blank. I'm no longer listening. Anything you say to me doesn't affect me in any kind of way. I'm not like, I, (laughs) if, if I could explain it, it's like pulling everything within yourself into this little box so you cannot get hurt. I don't feel anything. I don't respond to anything. I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to get sad. I'm shut the fuck down. Done. 
you cannot touch Michelle. I do that, or I would, during this relationship, I would do that a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, And like I said, thankfully now I'm not in any kind of relationship like that, so it's very rare, but it's still something that, you know, I have learned. So, like I said, a trigger where it can bring me back to that place, I will disassociate or dissociate. Um, next sign, you have trouble making decisions. A pattern of devaluation and criticism can leave you with very little self-esteem and confidence. Um, narcissistic abuse often involves frequent implications that you make bad decisions and can't do anything right. An abusive partner might even call you stupid or ignorant outright, though they might insult you with a falsely affectionate tone, like, honey, you're so dumb, how would you manage without my help? Um, and they also bring up gaslighting here, which um, also affects your decision-making abilities. If you don't know what reality is, and again, we'll get into gaslighting uh, next episode, but if you don't know what reality is, and that's part of the effect of gaslighting, then you're not going to be able to make decisions. Obviously, you're not going to know what's real. That's something I definitely went through. That's something I'm still unlearning is how to trust myself, to trust my thoughts, feelings, opinions, intuition, because absolutely I had this problem and my, how I react to everything is like, oh, whatever you want to do, you know, I feel like a big problem for me has been like not being able to have my own identity and just going along with, you know, whoever I'm with and catering to them and fitting into their life pretty much instead of holding on to me I mean I never had a chance to have a me (laughs) so I didn't even know what that was until very recently I'm kind of figuring it out but um yeah I just I did have a hard time making decisions I still this is something I'm actively trying to stop I often will even be like D, I have this really simple problem. Like, you figure it out. I don't know what to do. I will have all decisions go through him and just go with whatever he wants. And I, I really, like, if I think about it, it's so second nature. But if I think about it, I'll really be like, okay, Michelle, make, make this decision on your own. It is not the end of the world. Like, it is not that serious. Make decisions on your own. But it is very, very hard for me. It is very, very hard. Um, I will say, absolutely, it's a self-esteem and confidence thing. I just, I've always been told that I was wrong. So I feel like I always make the wrong choice. Everything I do is wrong. Um, And even though I'm, like, conscious of the fact that that's what's happening, and I'm also, like, I don't think that's the case. Like, I can't back up that feeling anymore. But still, like... I just don't, <laughs> I really don't make decisions, it's actually very difficult for me. Um, 
next to the next one, you always feel like you've done something wrong. Uh, and I was just kind of talking about this. So a key characteristic of narcissism is difficulty taking responsibility for any negative actions or harmful behavior. Abusive partners typically find some way to cast blame on you instead. They might accomplish this through deceit, often by insisting they said something you have no recollection of. Oh my God. <laughs> or by getting so angry, you end up soothing them by apologizing and, and agreeing you are wrong um so fuck yeah 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 uh this is part of gaslighting as well but I can't even tell you how many times where I'm like in my head I'm like this is what happened and then I'll talk to insert narcissist here and they're like Michelle that is absolutely not what happened. That's not what happened at all. Or, you know, sometimes I'd be like, well, you know what that person meant when they said that, right? You know, honestly, they probably didn't mean anything besides what they said, you know, but I have someone else in my ear now that's like, no, 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 that's not what they meant at all. You know, that would happen a lot. Um, and yeah, the getting angry. Yeah, you, you have someone really, really mad at you. You want to soothe that um, when it's like right in your face. And I feel like that's another way I can kind of, it's one of those, and I don't know, it might be one of those if you know, you know things, but I'm like, a narcissist being angry is very different than other people being angry. A narcissist being angry is so fucking in your face. It's so aggressive and it's, uh, it's a gut feeling that I feel because it's literally like being suffocated and it's weird because I literally have not experienced that with anybody else like other people they get angry and I'm like okay you're angry I'm gonna give you some time it's fine a narcissist being angry like it is so directed to at you it encompasses you you can't move you can't or I couldn't anyway (laughs) I don't know how other people reacted but it it's like it it's choking you literally and so it's (laughs) so it's like okay how do I get out of this let me try to get the fingers off of my neck by soothing them and like okay I'm sorry I'm wrong I'm sorry I'm sorry 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 you're right you're right and they'll loosen up you know and um it's just I don't even know how to explain other than that imagery because that's what it feels like that's like how I see it it's like big red hands choking me when they're angry and um it's just a very different feeling so it's like I don't know you could be like so they're angry just walk away you know or whatever but it's like no it's not that simple (laughs) like you would not be able to um The next sign is you have unexplained physical symptoms. Abuse can trigger anxious and nervous feelings that sometimes lead to physical symptoms such as appetite changes, upset stomach or nausea, stomach pain, and other gastrointestinal (laughs) distress, muscle aches and pains, insomnia, and fatigue. Um, It also says here that you could start using alcohol and other substances to help with these systems 
girl speak <laughs> to help with these symptoms um, or just your feelings of un- of distress, you know, and, and stress. Um, so I I think that can be for any abuse. That can be from for yeah from any kind of stress. Honestly. I will say that I, in general, what I've noticed for myself is I have been able to manage stress pretty well, um, you know, not perfectly, obviously, sometimes I will need, you know, a drink after a really, really hard day, but I've actually gotten to a point where that's not really the case anymore. Um, when I was dating my ex, I had picked up the habit of drinking alcohol, uh, at a certain point nearly every day I had also picked up smoking cigarettes and I think it was just because it made me feel numb you know cigarettes didn't really have it's not like weed or anything where it does anything for you but it would I just remember this feeling of like a tingliness numbness and I'm, I'm guessing, just kind of thinking back on it, with hindsight, that's probably what I liked. It just kind of numbed me out a bit, calmed me down a bit. Um, but yeah, and then like, you know, growing up, I've talked about <laughs> my addiction to like watching TV and stuff like that, food uh, specifically. So yeah. Next sign is you feel restless and unsettled. Narcissistic abuse can sometimes be unpredictable. You may not know whether you're whether they're going to criticize you or surprise you with the gift. <clears throat> uh, if you don't know what someone will do or say at any given moment, you might develop a, a lot of tension from needing to regularly prepare yourself to face conflict. Uh, yeah, it took a very long time for me to even be um, comfortable with nothing happening, (laughs) um, because at a certain point, you get really scared when things are calm, you're like, ah, shit, something's gonna happen, like, what the fuck, and, and I've talked about this before, where I just kickstart some shit sometimes, just to, like, let's get this process done, then we can get back to the good thing, but now, it's like that, the, eggshell stage where it's like I know something's gonna happen it's it's good I can't I can't take it it's just coming and I'd rather just get this part over with um and then you know post abuse it was really weird for me when things were just calm all the time and I was like dude I'm really uncomfortable with this I don't like that there's no drama I don't even know how to handle this I feel like you'll get an anxiety about it when things are just really really chill so you know I'd launch into my shit where I'd start drama and um that that's not good and it's not how a functional relationship works you know so that's something I realized within myself and stopped and and learned to be okay that things weren't happening and I actually prefer it now you know because at first I didn't it just meant trouble is coming you know to me at the beginning of me and my husband's relationship and now I'm like no that's how it should be and I'm more likely to kick out any kind of drama because I don't want that uh but you yeah definitely if you feel restless and unsettled 
you know, during normal, regular, schmegular times, nothing's happening, that that's definitely not normal behavior. Something's going on. Uh, next sign is you don't recognize yourself. When facing abuse, many people eventually adjust their self-identity to accommodate an abusive partner. That's so true. Uh, say your partner insists when you go out with your friends, you're telling me you don't love me. You'd rather see them instead. Um, of course you love them, so you stop going out with your friends. Next, you give up your hobbies, skip after work drinks with coworkers, and so on and so forth. So... You know, I always wondered why I didn't have that so much with my ex. Um, Like, I definitely, I I guess in a sense I did lose myself because I did stop seeing my friends and family. My world ended up revolving around him entirely, you know, uh, which was abnormal. But it didn't, like, it wasn't so drastic. Um, and that's because I already, (laughs) I already had an abuser in my life that, uh, took everything away from me. Uh, you know, I wasn't really allowed to have a life, so I, I didn't already. You know, my ex just took even more, pretty much. Um... But (laughs) if you're not in that case where you grow up with your abuser, that is something to look out for. Uh, Next sign is you have trouble setting boundaries. Uh, Someone engaging in narcissistic narcissistic abuse often has little respect for boundaries. When you try to set or enforce limits, they might challenge them, completely ignore them, or give you the silent treatment until you do what they want. Eventually, you might give up on your boundaries altogether. Um, Again, this is would be hard for me personally to speak on because I just didn't have boundaries I I didn't fucking grow up with boundaries I don't even know what that is like that's something I'm really trying to again learn now and and be like oh it's okay to like sometimes do what you want and not put aside everything (laughs) that makes you comfortable or what you want or whatever like it that's something I'm really trying to learn now that it's not like a personal attack when I say I don't want to do something or I'm not okay with something but (laughs) I'm certain this is true because again I, I I'm certain that this is true just my normal is no boundaries so I can't speak on it too much Um, Next sign is you have symptoms of anxiety and depression. Uh, Anxiety and depression commonly develop as a result of narcissistic abuse. And it goes more into that. But, you know, I'll just say, yeah, I've always had anxiety and depression. Um, I will say up until very, very, very recently has my anxiety subsided um, and depression stopped depression stopped pretty much once I got out of that house out of these environments altogether so you know I'm sure there's other reasons for anxiety and depression but I will say I do find it interesting that something as simple as getting out of the house of a narcissist and you know, really helped with my depression and anxiety just took, 
you know, self-actualization. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so those were the signs. Um, and in this article, they do have ways on how to find help. So please be sure again to check out this Healthline article on 12 signs you might, <laughs> 12 signs you've experienced narcissistic abuse. So this has gone on for a long, long time, but, um, I hope this has been helpful. I think it's just so important. Like, I don't know, for me, that's how I first connected. If I sat there and read, and I have read articles on narcissistic, um, narcissist and narcissistic abuse, and it just didn't connect with me, but what did connect with me was, you know, seeing how that abuse would affect someone and I was like yeah wow check 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 (laughs) you know like oh yeah I went through all of that absolutely I feel like it's a great way to kind of turn the light bulb on that something might not be normal or things you thought were normal just really aren't they're really huge red flags or just straight up abuse so I wanted to start with that first and hopefully it was helpful so um thank you guys for listening if you have any questions or comments or suggestions feel free to email me at themishmosh at gmail.com and be sure to check out my instagram and facebook at mishmosh podcast and i will catch you guys later bye